Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online church service. I am so happy that you're here, and I believe that God is going to meet every need that you have. You are at the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Let's open up today by beginning to receive our holy tithes and offerings. Let me read a verse to you from the Bible. This would be Deuteronomy chapter 28, and the first 14 verses of this chapter talk about the many different blessings of God flowing into your life, manifesting profusely. It really is a joy to walk in the blessings of the Lord. You'll find in Deuteronomy 28, verse 11, that the Word of God says, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Wow, that's really, that's really a nice verse because there are things that you need in life as you increase in life where God wants you to be flowing with the current trend of technology. Hallelujah. If you're watching me and there in your house you still have an old rotary dial phone, God wants you to increase in goods. Why? So that life can be more enjoyable and so that you can have everything at your uh, at your reach that you need in order to be successful in life. The Lord will grant you plenty of goods. That is one aspect of prosperity, plenty of goods. You know, we have been told in church religious tradition that is misguided teaching that God doesn't want you to have much, that God doesn't really want you to have anything. Just to close on your back, that's all you need. But my friends, the Bible says... The Bible says the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. I want you to open your heart for the Lord to grant you and to bring into your life through His wonderful blessing plenty of goods. Praise His name forever. Now, let's talk about another side of prosperity so that we balance this properly. This would be 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I want you to understand that along with the blessing of goods and the increase of goods, that God also wants you to walk in prosperity according to being content. Praise the Lord. See, you don't need 3,000 pairs of shoes to be content. There are some people, they have so many shoes that they'll not even be able to wear them all. Maybe they could wear just one pair a day for the next 20 years. They would never have to wear it again. But you, you don't need that to be content. Praise the Lord. Now, you might want more than one pair. You probably actually need more than one pair. You might want 10 or 15 or something like that. But there's a point where you know in your heart, I'm content. It's nice to buy a new pair of shoes. It's fun to go shopping. But at the same time, I'm content I'm thankful with what I have. God has given me goods. God is even increasing the goods, but I'm content. I'm thankful for what God is doing in my life. I have had the privilege of being able to preach the gospel in very impoverished countries, even in rural areas where there's no uh, public sewer system, there's no toilets, there's no running water. Uh, sometimes I've had, I've had to stay up throughout the night to fight off mosquitoes. And I've seen the, 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 the believers in these areas, though, still 
so full of joy because they love the Lord, they're saved, and they're on, the way to, they're on their way to heaven. They might not have much, and most of them hardly have anything. For some of them, their whole life consists of possessions of really the clothes on their back and maybe just a few other belongings. Yet they are poor, but they, are, they love the Lord. And they, you have to understand that when you see that, you see prosperity in contentment. You know, a person could have a lot, but they're not content, and they just want more. A person could have, you know, a hundred million dollars, and they're not content. They just want more. And so there's never an end point. It's always grasping, never satisfied, never content. But the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content in all situations. And you have to understand that is another aspect of prosperity. Hallelujah. See, we're just transitioning through this life on to heaven. We are pilgrims sojourning through this world. And while God gives you goods and He fills your house with nice things, realize you are going to a place that is beyond comprehension when it comes to beauty, splendor, wealth, and glory. So always keep your thoughts heavenly and always walk in contentedness. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. There is prosperity in contentment and thanking the Lord for all that He's done in your life and what you have while through His goodness He continues to give you more. Now, let's bring the tithes and the offerings at this time into the storehouse of God. If you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code two eight. If you would like to go online to bring them in online, safe and secure through credit card transaction, you can do so by visiting the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. I would also like to say a big thank you to everybody who has sacrificially given extra into the television ministry by the Lord's grace and by your wonderful giving, we are moving forward and the Lord is making it a reality. So if you have the ability and God is blessing you with that extra, it would be a real blessing to the ministry uh, to help us. If you want to make a special note on your check, if you're mailing it in, just put television ministry. If you're sending something in online, just put a donation, uh, or excuse me, a notation in that box as you click and send off your, your giving and just say television ministry. What you give above your tithe helps us move forward strongly in this area. And we thank God that He's causing it to happen. And I thank you for responding to the Holy Spirit and being such a generous giver. Father, bless your people. Let their home be filled with goods. Praise you, O God. Let them have so much that they, as they cycle through things, they just, they're just like, I've got so much, I can, give, I can even give things away. So we thank you for the overflow. And we thank you, Father God, that there is prosperity in contentment. So we give you praise. We thank you for what you've done, most importantly, for our eternal salvation through Christ Jesus. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And say today, I'm blessed. Now, I would like for you to go with me to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. And I want to talk today about a subject that a very godly minister discovered back in the year of 1951. 
and we're going to talk about what this is. It's known among ministers as the point of contact, and if you realize how to work and operate with a point of contact, you will see better results concerning manifestations, healings, and miracles in your life. So I want to invite you today to join me, Mark chapter 5, and let's go down now to verse 25. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit would anoint it with life and power. And we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And we say amen. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I want you to really think about that statement she just made. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only I may touch his clothes, she shall, I shall be made well. Now, what she is doing, and by the way, we don't even know her name. Her name is never even mentioned, although we'll meet her one day when we get to heaven. But she had said in her heart, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. What is she doing? She is establishing a point of contact. She has already pre-thought it. She is already speaking it, working her way through the crowd, saying this to build up her faith. If I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. And she has a flow of blood, so she is uh, unclean according to the Mosaic law. She's taking a tremendous risk that if she's caught by the, by, by the authorities, the religious authorities, she could be taken out immediately and stoned because such conditions oftentimes were contagious and they contributed to the spread of disease. But she knows if she can just touch his garment, his clothes, she will be made whole. So she's working her way through the crowd with this attitude of, I have a point of contact that I have premeditated on and decided on. The moment I release my faith, the moment I take hold of God's promise will be when I touch his clothes. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Well, she has made the touch. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? See, this is a different type of touch. This is the touch of faith. This is the intentional touch of a point of contact. What is a point of contact? It is the moment that you establish that when this happens, I will release my faith and take hold of God's promise. It's the moment where you release your expectancy for something to begin to happen. It's kind of like sitting down in a brand new car for the first time. You just bought the car, and it's, it's your car, and you take your finger, and you push the start button, and for the first time for you, it starts up. 
And, and see, when you, when you push that button, you are expecting something to happen. That's what the point of contact is. When you make that point of contact and engage it, you release your faith. You let all of your spiritual energy released the power of faith. And you say, from this point on, I'm locked in. I, I'm engaged. I am giving my all to the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. So she touched his garment, but it's a different touch from all the people that are, that are maybe touching out of curiosity, that are bumping into him, that are just uh, maybe wanting to collect a relic or something like that. This is a different touch. It is a touch point where you release your faith. It is known as the point of contact. You see it all through the Bible. Let me share a few examples. Second Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. So he made the statement and swung that, that mantle, that garment. It touched the water and boom. There was a release. My friends, that was the point of contact for the prophet Elisha. He saw the mantle come down, falling down from his mentor, and he sees it fall down, fall down. He goes, and now it's this moment, he goes and he grabs it, and he picks it up, and he walks over to the water, and he swings it, and he says, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Boom, and it's released. That was the point of contact that launched him into a miracle ministry that lasted 55 years. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 19, we see another point of contact established in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 19, and let's go today to verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. I I'm telling you that the moment that handkerchief, that anointed prayer cloth arrived, and it was given to the demon-possessed person, it was given to the sick or the afflicted person. The moment that prayer cloth touched that body, having Paul uh, spent time praying over it, saturating that cloth with the anointing, the, the anointing of Christ, and that anointing going into that cloth. I tell you what, there's those sick people laid on their bed, and, and that cloth arrives. The moment that cloth touched them, boom, evil spirits came out. Healing's power surged into their body. Woo, hallelujah. It is a point of contact. The moment that cloth touches me, boom, 
point of contact. You release your faith, and you're up, and you're out. Hallelujah. You know, there's many different things that can be used to establish uh, a point of contact. You read in the book of Acts also about the shadow of Peter passing by. And if you just got within the proximity of that shadow, when I'm talking about the proximity, if you got within the radius of it, you were healed. Wow, what a strong anointing. Praise the Lord. So, you know, there were people that were intentionally trying to get near to Peter when he was under that powerful healing and miracle of anointing. They are trying to get close to him, close enough so that the radiating power of God coming out of, the, coming out of him would touch them and that healing anointing would bring healing. And so they knew, where's his shadow? If we can just get within that range of the shadow, the anointing is so strong, we will be healed even if he doesn't even lay hands on us. Woo! Praise the Lord. And you know what? They were healed. They were healed. My goodness. I really want you to understand the importance of connecting with a point of contact in your life so that you can receive from God and manifest miracles and blessings in your life. You know, there was a, a minister that lived out on the uh, western side of America and he received a phone call all the way from Africa. Now, this was some decades back, and this was before even email. So he received a long-distance phone call, and it was from a uh, remote area of Africa, and they said, there's a man here who's dying who has heard of your ministry. We have placed a long-distance call, and we're asking that you would, that you would come quickly that you would get on a plane, and that you would come and lay your hands upon the sick man. Well, the minister said, well, he said, I, I, I cannot come right now, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm un, unable to come for various reasons, and he explained why he couldn't come. And they said, well, can you send the prayer cloth uh, and, and expedite the, and mail the prayer cloth uh, through like overnight mail, because the sick man believes that if you can't lay hands on him, if you can just get the prayer cloth to him, that he'll be healed off the prayer cloth alone. And the minister said, well, you know, it'll take weeks for it to get there, even if we pay overnight shipping, because most of the time when it goes into uh, rural areas, um, you, you get, it off the, get it off the grid, then it's very hard for them to deliver on time, and I'm not even sure if they're going to be able to get it to you. And they were, be <laughs> they were beginning to run out of options. <clears throat> but the minister said, you've obviously called me on a telephone, so you have a telephone. He said, let me ask you a question. Do you have a fax machine? They said, yes, we have a fax machine. He said, okay, we're going to try something, and we're going to, we're going to do this by faith, and we're going to believe that God's anointing is going to work here. He said, I am going to lay hands on a sheet of paper, and I'm going to ask God to let His anointing healing power, go into this sheet of paper. And then I'm going, to write, I'm going to write a scripture on the piece of paper, and I'm going to fax it to you. When the fax comes through on your end, and it's printed out on a piece of paper, grab that piece of paper and put it upon the sick man, because the anointing is going to go into the paper, it is going to go through the fax machine, through the phone lines, the anointing will come out, and it will be on the printed piece of paper that pops out of the fax machine, and put it on the sick man. And they did that. They, they, they sent the fax. He prayed over it, sent the fax. 
pops out on the other end. They take the piece of paper and they lay it on the man and the man was instantly healed. What is that? It is a point of contact. That sick man was saying, if you can't lay hands on me, if you can't get a prayer cloth to me, but if you can do that, if you can send me a fax, the healing power of God will heal me. The moment that that piece of paper is laid on my body, instantly I'll be healed. And he was. Why? The sick man had established a point of contact. Now, he had to kind of modify it as the situation unrolled, but nevertheless, he kept making his adjustment and got a point of contact that he could work with, and God healed that man through a blank piece of fax paper. Wow! There was a scripture written on it, but even still, it's just a piece of paper. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You must establish the point of contact so you can connect with that anointing that flows. The anointing flows just like water. The anointing flows just like electricity. And if you can make that connection, you're going to receive the power. So what you need to do is establish a point of contact in your life. Now, it was Oral Roberts who lay on the deathbed at the age of 17, stricken with tuberculosis. And he was dying. He was very, very sick. And he, he heard about a minister who had a Pentecostal healing ministry. He heard about a minister that was coming to town that was holding a camp meeting. So they take Oral Roberts as a 17-year-old teenager who's dying of tuberculosis. They take him into the tent meeting on a stretcher, and he's almost dead. And Oral Roberts said, I had heard about this minister, and I just knew in my heart, I believed without a doubt that that man was anointed with healing power. And I just was waiting for the moment that after he prayed for all of these other people, that he would come over to me, and with that oil on his hands, I knew that the moment that he would touch me with that oil, I would be instantly healed. What was he doing? He had established as a 17-year-old teenager a point of contact. They took him to the meeting on the stretcher, and that minister prayed for everybody else in there, and they said Oral Roberts, as a young child, a teenager, was the last one they prayed for. But Oral Roberts said, as I lay on that stretcher, believing God to heal my body, the moment that man touched me with that oil, the power of God came right into my body. Because it was the point. I released all my faith, all my expectancy. I expected to get up. I expected God to heal me. And the moment that man touched him, or Robert said the power of God went into his body so strong that he just began to he just closed his eyes and shouted and praised and praised God as loud as he could for about a minute. And when he opened his eyes, he was up on the platform running around. And he was like, How did I get up here? And it was then also that the Lord Jesus spoke to him and said, I want you now to take my healing power to the world. And he did just that. And so it was Oral Roberts that began to think about what happened to him of being healed as a 17-year-old teenager, how he had established what is now known as a point of contact, and that you can establish that and use that as a moment when you release all of that expectancy, all of that spiritual faith and energy in your trust in God to do a miracle in your life. You know, the story 
took place decades later in Or Roberts' life when he was ministering, and he would, he, you know, he stepped out in the television. He was one of the very first Christian ministers ever to move into television. It was uncharted territory for preachers, but he got on, got on television, and he began to broadcast his large tent meetings to the nation through television. And he talked about the time that he was ministering, and he's talking uh, on television to the people that are in their houses. He said, I'm about ready to pray for the sick. And as you're watching in your home on television, whatever your condition is, I want you to put your hand on the television, and the anointing will flow from me through that camera, and it will come out of the television. Put your hand on the television set. I'm going to pray in one minute. Right now, get your television. And so while he's saying that, there was a lady that was, that was in a condition of paralysis and great sickness who laid on the floor on the other side of the room. She was so sick, she was laid on the floor, and she heard the invitation by Dr. Roberts, I'm going to pray in one minute. Get your hand on the TV. So she starts crawling across the floor. He says, I'm going to pray in 30 seconds. Get your hands on the TV. And she's crawling as difficult as it is, slowly across the floor. And he says, I'm about to pray. And she's thinking, I'm not going to make it in time. But in her journey across the floor, she had gone past the, the refrigerator. And she's cried out to God. She said, God, by the time he prays, I'm not going to have my hand on the TV. So, oh God, I'm putting my hand on the refrigerator. When he prays, let the power come through the refrigerator. <laughs> and he prayed, and the anointing came through the TV, went over uh, to the refrigerator, and went right into her hand and into her body. She was completely healed of every foul condition of sickness and disease in her body in a moment of, of an uh, instantaneous miracle. Why? She worked what is known now as a principle of point of contact. Point of contact. Wow. Now here's something that I think you'll really enjoy. The Lord, in His sovereignty, gives you the ability to choose the point of contact. Remember the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And so she was the one that established in her own heart when, where, and how she's going to release her faith. Okay, I, I, want, I want you to catch that. It's very important. Um, your point of contact is the moment you lock in and you release all your faith and you can, you can choose your point of contact. You can set the time, you can set the place, and you can even choose the action of what you will do to identify and release and launch into that point of contact. If you need a financial miracle, you can establish your point of contact. It could be when the minister prays over your offering. It could be that you're mailing your offering in, and you put it in the envelope, and the moment you drop it into the mailbox to go, to go off, you say, it's done. I have released my faith. That was my moment when I released my faith. I am now expecting harvest uh, to come in. So you can set the time, the place, the action of your own point of contact. You might want to start saving for a house or for a car or for something that you really desire. Well, you, you might be able to round up $100, maybe more, maybe a little less. But you can round up your savings, your initial savings, and you say, I've got this. And now with this amount, I establish a point of contact, and I take it, and I put it in the savings now. This is the beginning of a miracle. This is the beginning of my savings for my house. I shall have it. This is the beginning of the savings for my car. It shall come to pass. 
past. What? You've established a point where you've launched out. There's no turning back. Your expectancy is now sky high, and you are believing God to work with your faith. Praise the Lord. For people that are sick, that need healing in their bodies, one of the great ways to establish a point of contact is to, t- is to take communion. And maybe you want to open up with a scripture like uh, the one out of Psalm 103 that says that the Lord, when it's talking about the blessings of serving God, it says that the Lord heals all your diseases. So that's, that, that's a verse that covers everything of God being able to heal you. And so you can sit down and you can establish a point of contact and you can say, Lord, I'm going to receive the bread, I'm going to re- which is your body, and I'm going to receive the grape juice, which is your blood. And the moment I drink the juice, the moment I receive your blood, that will be the moment I release my faith, I claim my physical healing. Okay, and you stand up after communion, you may still have symptoms, you may still have uh, uh, the pain, you may still have the, sim- the condition, but from that point on, you say it's settled, I choose to believe the Word of God, and I have released my faith, I am expecting full manifestation of my healing, praise God. But you can choose your point of contact, the time, the place, even what the action will be. For the lady with the issue of blood, it was the touch. The action was the touch. When I touch his garment, glory to God, and it worked. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I think also to cause your prayer life to be effective, you can have a point of contact with your prayer life. Praise the Lord. In other words, what I do when I, when I pray, I will actually take a little bitty memo sticky notepad, and I'll write exactly what time it is when I start praying. And if it's 3.13, I write down 3.13. Now, I launch out. That was my point of contact. This is the time. I will now pray for one hour. I will not check emails. I will not be interrupted. I will pray for one hour. Because look, it's very easy to forget. Was it 3.13 or was it 3.17? Did I start at 3.13 or I start at 3.23? See, write it down. The moment you write it down, you start. Okay, I've got it. Now that is my point of contact. I launch from here, and I will stop after one hour. You can do things like that. It really, really helps you to release your faith, whether it's to pray for an hour or whether it's to receive a healing miracle or whether to receive a financial miracle from God or touch from God, praise God, you can establish your point of contact. Hallelujah. So, I want you to consider what you can do to establish a point of contact in that area of which you are believing God to do a miracle for your life. Because sometimes people say, well, I'm believing. I'm like, well, did you ever release your faith? And lock into this. Well, no, I never really had an official start point. So that's what you need to do. You need to establish a point of contact. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people now that as they consider the various scriptures that we've talked about, I pray that you help them to find a location, a time, a date. Let them write it down of when they will release their faith. Let them establish their point of contact so that they know when they launch, so they know that there's an official, this is the moment it took place. Father, we thank you for it. Help them to pull that together by your Holy Spirit and to establish a point of contact in their life for what it is that they are wanting to receive from you. In Jesus' name, we pray and say today, amen, hallelujah. Now, let's take communion today. Glory to God. And again, communion is a good 
point of contact to release your faith for healing, to release your faith for forgiveness, to receive forgiveness of sins, to receive all of the blessings of God. So we're going to go today to the Gospel of Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, and let's go down today to verse 25 as we are preparing our hearts to receive communion. And I would like to invite you, grab some grape juice, some unleavened bread, and we'll take communion together in just a minute. Verse 25, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. My friends, it's very important that we walk in forgiveness towards others. If you don't walk in forgiveness towards others, then you will gum up, you will clog up the flow of God's blessing in your life. And I've, I've tried to pray for people that have been sick before, and when I'm praying for them, I can tell that the anointing's not going in. And when the anointing is not being received, it means there is a form of blockage. Usually, the number one form that blocks people from receiving healing, receiving a miracle, is unforgiveness against somebody else. They're, they're, they're mad at their mother-in-law. They're mad at their mother. They're mad at their boss. They hold things against other people, and they never let it go. They let it simmer. They let it boil, and they never, they never forgive and release. They never forgive and let it go. Praise God. So, my friends, in order for the flow of the Spirit, the anointing of the Lord Jesus to operate in your life, you need to be willing now to forgive anybody who has done you wrong. Unforgiveness is a major factor that contributes to sickness and disease in people's bodies. Look, Jesus forgave us of our sins when we came to Him and asked for forgiveness, when we received Him as our Lord and Savior, He forgave us. If He could forgive us of all of our sins, certainly we can find the grace to forgive others as well. And by the way, we do have the nature and character of Christ within us. Just as we can love with the love of God, we can also forgive with the forgiveness of God. Praise God. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. See, that, that, that is telling us that your prayers can be ineffective. They, they can be powerless if you're trying to pray, but yet the whole time you have unforgiveness towards a brother or sister, or maybe even a person that you don't even know, but maybe you do know them, but you're just not willing to forgive them. It will limit your prayer life. You need to take care of that. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, having said that, let us now take the communion elements. Father, we now consecrate this. This is now lo no longer just bread. This is now lo no longer grape juice. This is now the body and the blood of our Savior. And Father, as we receive it, we forgive anybody on this planet or maybe who's even left the planet, it's not here anymore, who did us wrong. We forgive them, we bless them, and we go on with you. We ask that you would forgive us of all of our sins. And we thank you for the cleansing power of the Lord Jesus Christ to wash all sin away. So, Father, we receive now the body of Christ. We thank you for every promise of your word being yes and amen. 
We thank you that we will establish the point of contact. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Let us now receive the body of Christ. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you that we choose to forgive. Hallelujah. We choose to be merciful. We choose to be kind and compassionate. So, Father, we thank you. We forgive anybody who has done us wrong. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it now. We thank you that the point of contact is being established in our lives. And we give you praise for sudden, powerful, explosive breakthroughs and miracles in Jesus' name. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. No blockage. No impediment. Nothing standing between you and God having an open relationship. Nothing clogging you up. Nothing shutting you down. Walking in love. Walking in forgiveness. Walking in mercy. Walking in wisdom. Walking in prosperity. Walking in all the blessings of God. Going forward. Hallelujah. Blessing those who even would curse you. And would revile you. And returning blessing. Hallelujah. That's what we are called to do. Hallelujah. We are the salt and the light in the earth today. Witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. So go forth today and establish that point of contact. And watch how your miracle will manifest very, very quickly. Father, bless your people. Let it be a fantastic week for them in your Son, the Lord Jesus. We pray. Amen and amen. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.